Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to More Than Amused podcast. My name is Sadie. I'm Stani, And it's our bonus episode for February today, even mm-hmm. though it's coming out in March. But, you know, but th- that's just how it happened. But <laughs> if you are new here, every month we read a different book of some kind. Sometimes it's a story. Yeah, it's our More Than Amused book club this month. It's called Shine Bright, A Very Personal History of Black Women in Pop by Danielle Smith. It was great honestly it's actually brand new it was published last year in april Uh and the very personal history is definitely true because she talks a lot about like her experience growing up as like a black woman and how like music really influenced her life Mm -hmm. and then how all of these different artists play into it a description from Penguin Random House, but it is a weave of biography, criticism, and memoir. It is an intimate history of Black women's music as the foundation story of American pop. She's been writing apparently this history for more than five years. She Mm -hmm. is a music fan and an essayist and an editor and actually a podcast host of a podcast called The Black Girl Songbook, which is really cool. They've only had like 10 episodes, I think. Like, I think it was just like a Spotify original. I don't know if it's like ongoing currently when i looked it up the last episode was like march of 2022 Mm -hmm. anyway the book starts with her talking about phyllis wheatley which was amazing i did not know that story at all yeah yeah it was amazing and that's a story of an enslaved woman who sang her poems which you know future episodes coming that's the thing i loved about this book is the amount of times i like stopped where i was I like pause the audiobook to like pull up the note on my phone where I have all of the episodes that I want to do in the future. And like that was just that just grew so much yes. just from listening to this book of even just things that she would almost just mention in passing. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, cool. Want to dive into that. Want to dive into that. But then the other chapters include the stories of Mahalia Jackson, Dionne Warwick, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight, Mariah Carey, as well as other kind of lesser known Marilyn McCoo, Denise Williams, and Jodie Watley. And she yeah. ties it all up with Beyonce, pretty much. She mentions Rihanna a little bit, but then ties it up talking about Beyonce's Coachella performance. And that was kind of when oh, she ended yeah. the whole story. She like talks a little bit about everything afterwards. But yeah, it was it was beautiful. Like I love yes. how passionate you could tell she was about it. She was a music journalist for um mm-hmm. Billboard and vibe yeah mm-hmm. and like got to interview most of these women so she talks a lot about her personal experiences with them and like talking yeah. to them during certain moments of their life like it truly was phenomenal in the intro i just i loved it just because from the get-go i feel like you get to such like an intimate portrayal of, like who she is 
And I, I am so annoyed that I did not underline the quote, but I like the way she describes pop music. Just like when I opened up the book and I started reading, like it just it made me so joyful reading the way she describes pop music and the obvious just like love and admiration that she has for the genre. I, uh, I know I'm going to find it after this, but it was pretty much just like her talking about that like pop music is just like the thing that just like gets in your head and young people really can recognize it. And so she talked mm. about like, how growing up, like that's what she was drawn to. And it was just, it was really cool, really cool to read. So yeah, no, I fully completely enjoyed it a lot. I do like really want to dive more into Phyllis Wheatley though. Like I will say that's kind of the story uh-huh. that intrigued me the most and probably because I knew the least about her like I'd never heard her name before which was another thing because she opens up the book talking about the fact that it was like the person that she imagined her so many times and her sixth grade teacher told her about her yeah and all of these things and I I don't know it just like made me realize maybe the difference in education you know and like just how many missing pieces I have for my own education. I mean, even here, like we've been doing this podcast for two years. Mm -hmm. And like you would think that it's like, I don't know, sometimes like as we're doing this in my head, I'm like, oh, we've hit most of the notable people because they would have come up in our research. Even just the amount of times when I'm just like passively list of women artists, list of women pop singers, list of, you know what I mean? Like of influential historic women or all kinds of things that you would think that they just pop up, but they, they don't really they don't come up mm-hmm. yeah we see a lot of repeats of a lot of the names that we done and mm-hmm. so you think like we've got the people that people learned about and yeah that was definitely like a slap in the face and i felt gypped like kind of like yeah. why didn't i why didn't i get to know why didn't i person? get to yeah why didn't mm-hmm. i learn about her in school where yeah. was that in my education and i think that too i think just like the people that she chose to focus on like while there were a lot of the names that i did recognize i think it like just helped me get a greater appreciation for what they actually really did for pop music you know and mm-hmm. just kind of showed that like they really did pave the way for pop music i think a lot of the times when I think of pop music, I think of Madonna and Michael Jackson, of course, mm-hmm. and Britney Spears. You know, that's who I think of when I hear like the pop icons. So it was just like cool to like, I don't know, like get the backdrop of like, oh, wait, no, all of these people came first or were alongside with those pop icons. Yes, that is another one actually that really, really like tugged on my heartstrings was Janet Jackson's mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. reading through hers and, like, hearing about different things and just, like, she seriously sounds like one of the most humble people I've ever yeah. heard about who's famous. Like, oh, my gosh, the level of humility that that woman had and just, like, selflessness. Holy crap. Like, we definitely will be doing another episode on her for sure because, like, yeah, yeah. that was just something. Like, the whole dynamic behind between her and Michael and then of course we all know the Super Bowl performance I was just gonna say for that stupid Super Bowl yeah Yeah, like she gosh that one like killed me literally like as I was reading it because I was like yeah I knew about her but like I didn't know this (laughs) yeah that's that's (laughs) what I think is like it was so many names that I was like if someone would ask, like, oh, do you know who they are? I was like, yeah, I know who they are. But, like, yeah. it just made it a lot more intimate. I actually found a YouTube. Well, I found it on YouTube. It was the Library of Congress did a interview with her. I think it was for, like, National Book Festival that the Library of Congress did. I don't know exactly, but it's, like, a 45-minute long interview that you can watch. It's really great. I only got through about, like, half of it. But the thing that she talked about a lot at the beginning 
is the fact that like a lot of the times like the things that people will focus on with these women is like that they were the first and Mm. their trauma you know what I mean so she's like when people think of Aretha Franklin they're like oh she got pregnant when she was really young and oh like she overcame so much blah 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 which is like of course like that is something that is considered like it's good to understand where people come from but like she talks about how it's like she wanted to really really get the why of like no who was Aretha Franklin as a little girl like yeah. who who was she that like made her even love music in the first place and I thought that was like a really cool way of viewing it I feel like when we do the episodes I mean we only have a week to research everyone so it's not like we're intimately like interviewing each of these people and you know spending years really getting to know them and so a lot of the times our episodes they do strictly pretty much just kind of hit on like the major life points which a lot of the times is the traumas that you know help preceded all that they ended up accomplishing and then all the things that they did accomplish which a lot of these women's they're like the first ones who ever do this or the only ones to ever do this the only woman the first this but it was kind of just like a reminder of like there really is so much more behind a person's story you know what I mean and a person's history than than those things that actually make up you know who they are and and the why that they actually are the way that they are Yeah, no, I love that. I actually think that's a good reminder to us as well, all of you, that like an episode Mm -hmm. is just an introduction. Like we can't Mm -hmm. write an entire memoir on each person. We can just give you like the little bits and pieces that hopefully spark something greater so that you can go and learn more about them on your own. Yeah, exactly. As much as I would, much as I'd love to. I know. I (laughs) would love to write. (laughs) One day, it's coming soon. (laughs) More than a muse memoir book. (laughs) That would um, be something. <laughs> yeah, no I way. will say she's also written two novels, mm-hmm. one in 2003 called More Like Wrestling and one called Bliss in 2005. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, her username is Danamo. So it's D-A-N-A-M-O. And she has details for her podcast and more about like her books and everything else that she has going on there. So yeah, totally check her out on there check out the book the paperback just came out which is the one that i got it's great yeah i have the hardback yeah definitely like wonderful book i think it's a great introduction to black women's influence on pop music Mm -hmm. and just in the music industry in general (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) and as a part two to the episode i wanted to briefly talk about the grammys that happened have to we have to i mean the last couple years we've done full-on grammy episodes we couldn't fit it into our schedule this year Mm -hmm. but even if it's a couple weeks late yeah gotta talk about it it's hard to like do a grammy episode because we don't have like a daily podcast so it's like by the time Mm -hmm. we get to it it's like kind of old news yeah exactly but we still have to talk about it but and it ended up i think tying on very perfectly with this book because it was like there was a lot of black women who won big at the Grammys this year. Which was so nice because the yeah. Grammys, we've talked about this in our history of the Grammys episode, like they aren't very great at like <laughs> they're being not very good at that. <laughs> yeah. They're actually quite horrible at it. So the like fact their history isn't great. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that like Lizzo and Beyonce and mm-hmm. Megan the Stop. No, wait, that was the last Not this one. year. That was last year. I was like, what am I looking at? There we no, go. you're good. I have some of the, the cool things that happened at the Grammys this year. Yay. So Beyonce became the most awarded artist in Grammy history with a record-breaking 32 wins thanks to her album Renaissance. She won for Best R&B Song for Cuff It, 
Best Dance Recording for Break My Soul, and Best Traditional R&B Performance for Plastic Off the Sofa. And then she also won the award for Best Dance Slash Electronic Album, which made her the first Black woman to do so, which I thought was cool. I didn't realize that, you know, that was a first in that category. But she did lose on all the top categories, which is Album of the Year, Song of the Year, and Record of the Year that she was nominated for. Which is another layer that like things. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) so Beyonce is like the most awarded person ever, artist. But I don't think she's ever won any of the four major categories. She never has. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like a slap in the face. Be like, well, allow you to be the most rewarded, but we're just going to keep shoveling like the R&B ones at you. And we're never going to give you like best. Yeah. I thought she was going to win for album of the year. I was shocked that harry styles got yeah, it same i don't i'm like, not a harry styles hater but i'm also like not a huge you would think yeah. i'm a big harry styles fan i'm i'm not actually. we're not it's so Sorry. weird like every other girl our ages i know a lot of other podcasts that are very I fit similar the demographic yeah yeah like and we get it i love that for people like i truly truly do but it i just never I just, been that into it no so i loved quite a few songs from that album i just I was disappointed, mainly just because I wanted Beyonce to finally have album the win. of the year. Yeah, like she deserves a great <laughs> You know, like yes. just give her one. Like what the heck? So that I was wa- disappointing. I'm going to circle back to that in a second. But to continue on with at least the cool things that happened at the Grammys, Viola Davis became the third black woman to complete the EGOT, which is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. What episode? We talk about it. The sh- oh, what's going to bug me, actually? In a recent episode, I talked a lot about the EGOT winners and, like, the Triple Crown of acting. Yeah, but it was now- Shirley Booth, wasn't it? Triple Shirley Crown? Booth. Okay, cool. It was Shirley yeah. Booth, yes. I kept thinking Shirley Jackson, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Yes, the Shirley Booth episode, I talk a lot about that. And she actually earned the Grammy for Best Audiobook Narration. So Ooh. I thought that was cool for her autobiography, Finding Me. So fun fact, there's a yeah. there's a Grammy for that. That's how Betty White got her Grammy, too, as an audiobook. Yeah, uh-huh. What? And then About Damn Time by Lizzo became actually the first black woman of this century to win Record of the Year. Um, the last person or the last black woman to win Record of the Year was Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Guys, so, it's been too long. <laughs> I know. And then Samara Joy won a Grammy for Best New Artist at the 2023 uh, Grammys. So. I wanted to bring that up. So had never heard of her until uh-huh. this. I have neither. Yeah. She has one of the most angelic voices uh-huh. I have ever heard in my entire life. It's definitely more like jazz, kind of yes. more like old school. And it's wonderful. I followed her on the More Than a Muse account. Every time her stuff mm-hmm. pops up, she just seems like a genuinely like beautiful her speech human. So great, yeah, yeah. And she has the voice of an angel. So go listen. Definitely if you go yet. listen to her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was some of the bigger wins by Black women. Circling back though, I found this article from Ms. Magazine, which, wow, we've also talked about Ms. Magazine in an episode, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Well, who was the designer for it again? Bay Fettler. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, as soon as I found it, I was like, wow, shout out to More Than Amuse. <laughs> We're covering our bases here. <laughs> yes, we are. Anyways, but the article is by Janelle Hobson, and it's when Black women's excellence isn't good enough. And it talked about the fact that, yeah, Beyonce is the most awarded artist with not one single major category and 
it brought up the times that black women did finally get that. Like, for example, Natalie Cole became the first black woman to receive Grammy's album of the year in 1992 when it featured mm-hmm. duets with the recording voice of her father, Nat King Cole. So the article basically says like, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Beyonce is going to get the album in her 50s when she's recorded an album of like standards of Dinah Washington or something, you know, yeah. like when it like plays to the albums. And so it just kind of points out to the fact that it's like it's almost like the Grammys, like they want the nostalgia of it, like 50 years later, that it's almost like they'll finally give it to her because they'll be like, OK, yeah, she should finally get it as opposed to actually rewarding them in their in their prime and when they should be rewarded. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is really dumb because they don't do that with white artists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, I love Taylor Swift. Obviously, it's a yeah. core part of my personality. But, like, the fact that she's won Album of the Year three times and Beyonce hasn't won it once, like, that does feel weird. Like, that's it feels it's very, not very sitting wrong. right with me. Yeah. Yeah. I love Taylor Swift, but, like, it's Beyonce. I mean, I culturally, agree. I think there's there's more impact there. Beyonce is like one of the greatest performers of all time. So Yeah. No, I completely agree. The quote from this article I loved, it says, perhaps there's a pattern here. Black women must ride on the coattails of protective manhood, a respective dad, a Hollywood white male bodyguard to secure the top prize, something that goes against the ethos of the feminist-minded, black pride, queer, respecting artistry of Beyonce. Hip-hop and soul-singing legend Lauryn Hill may have ridden the coattails of her male posse, The Fugees, to success, but it was her solo album, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, that stood on its own merit and indeed has stood the test of time since it was the third and last time a black woman had won Grammy's top prize for album of the year. So thought that was crazy. But then, of course, yeah. the article talked about in the ways that the ceremonies was really were really great. I will say, like, even though I was personally like disappointed in the fact that Harry Styles won album of the year, I do not agree with everyone in the audience shouting out should have been Beyonce when he was giving his speech and like Taylor Swift standing up and like Mm -hmm. clapping and everything for him when she had that moment herself with the music video and Kanye and like, yes, it was very akin to that where I feel like you can't blame Harry Styles. It's not his fault. You know, like he he didn't choose himself as the winner. And and also it is tricky because it's like as much as I'm not a big Harry Styles fan per se, like he had a very great year in music, you know, it was a really viral album. He had an incredible Mm -hmm. tour like it was a big year for him. And obviously he's worked very, very hard to get to where he's at. But I think we can also like both can be true at the same time where we can say, all right, good for Harry Styles, but then also have the discourse of like, hmm, but why has Beyonce literally never gotten it? I agreed. In like moments yeah. when she should have. Granted, I still think she just should have gotten the Grammy for Album of the Year for Lemonade, which is one of my favorite albums of I all time. Know. I wasn't I a huge agree. personal fan of Renaissance either, but I also am not the target demographic for it. So like, I'm not like an electric dance pop yeah, exactly. kind of person like, it's not for me so that's why. but i appreciate the artistry behind it and like cuff it was iconic like oh yeah true yeah so it's like i still you know like fully enjoy but i didn't listen to all of harry styles album either it's just i did once and i was i was so bored yeah that's my hot take is i didn't like it sorry everybody i'm so sorry i but liked I a few love... songs i liked late yeah. night talking i was just gonna say i yeah. love late night talking and as it was is great but perfect yeah anyways besides the point though (laughs) yeah i'm sorry anyway this is not like we hate harry styles podcast no i i like harry styles i just am not a fangirl for it yeah i think people need to remember that like the problem lies within the 
academy itself, not like it's not her artists. Yeah. And so booing someone on the stage because whoever you want to join didn't win. That doesn't solve anything. Like nothing can be done. He won, you know, like all we can do is hope that like the next time something like this happens, it improves because Mm -hmm. that's all you can hope for. And I mean, she is the most awarded artist of all time. So she'll always have that next to her name. Like that is an incredible feat. Definitely. Beyonce has done. And she's miles ahead. So I feel like it'll be a while before anyone could even come close. To competing true. with that record very true and also uh, she's not done either yeah definitely she, not she's going to be making albums probably so many more albums so yep cool i will say on another little side note i was sad i knew they weren't gonna win but like abba has never won a grammy oh yeah and i just mm-hmm. wanted them to have something like yep. i was hoping they'd get like group vocal performance or Me like group too. pop performance something like just because because never won a grammy yeah it's just one of those things where i'm like they need to have like a legacy category where they just like give it to people who have been so influential but they never ended up winning one you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like even though yeah that sounds like kind of a cop-out but at the same time like it's freaking abba it's abba (laughs) well there's like the honorary grammy awards yeah they should get one for dancing queen right i I don't know like go back and post post humorously how do you say it post humorously Except they're still all alive. I was going like, say they are alive, which is yeah, great. Yeah, it's just disappointing. Well, at least they're nominated now. They weren't nominated before, so they're nominated. Also, people were annoyed about, well, hold on. People were annoyed about a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the song of the year, I wasn't expecting that. I truthfully was hoping Taylor Swift was going to get it. But you know what? Bonnie Raitt is an icon and future episode coming on her because I don't know a lot about her. So good for her. I mean, she's one of the greats. So what one song of the year? Her song? I don't even remember what it's called. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Just like that. It was crown song of the year, mm-hmm. which was very surprising. I don't think anyone expected her to win, but like good for her. And like she didn't even expect herself to win. No, she did She not. was shocked. She was floored. Yes. So that's kind of cute. But yeah. Well, like I said, future episode coming soon because she is an icon. Yeah. Just, I don't know a lot about her. And I know that like we're already all rooting for Midnight's. Antihero song of the year. That's Kate. This is the, the thing where it's like, you know what? Taylor Swift doesn't have a song of the year Grammy and Beyonce doesn't have an album of the year Grammy. Beyonce is like the album artist no. and Taylor Swift is like the song artist, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's true. just funny how it happens. Like, I remember hearing so many complaints after the Grammys this year and I was just like, guys, like, expect to be disappointed. You know? Yeah, you can't like, go it's not going to go your way. To fit. And it's not like the Teen Choice Awards, you know, like the audience isn't picking. No. no. It's obviously going to be very biased. And and we talked about this in the Grammy episode because of the way they do it. It's totally possible for someone that everyone put in third place yes. to win. Which That's is the thing how that I get annoyed with. That they keep upping the nominees where now there's like 10 nominations. And yeah, it makes it so like this like random person who gets the majority. But you don't even have to get that many to get the majority. No. So yeah. I wish that they didn't have so many nominees anymore. I think it would like make it for less people. But I know that. But on the other side, like, it's cool that more people get the opportunity to be nominated. Yeah, I think that's why they do it. They want yeah. more nominees overall, but it does kind of lead to these weird things happening. Yes. Do you want to talk about any of the performances? Ooh, I didn't I'm see sh- a ton of them because I couldn't watch the night of, but I did. I'm trying to even remember them, so I feel bad that they haven't <laughs> stuck with me. I loved Lizzo's, so Yay, Lizzo, Lizzo did great. Icon. I love her. I'll just I do too. That. I love her so much. I think she is so cool. There's a documentary on her on HBO. 
that was really good i haven't watched it yet but they also like recorded her concert that she did her last tour yeah and that's on hbo that's so cool so did you see her glam bot no i don't think so it was so great Ah, like everyone else okay. was like trying to look all cool and everything and she uh-huh. like made like a shocked face like bro <laughs> like, okay she was surprised I'm gonna it have was to look so that up. cute like i really uh-huh. think she's one of the most like down to earth incredible people not to mention the fact that her entire speech was pretty much just about <sighs> beyonce yeah i mean that's generally how it goes i guess they yeah just make it about beyonce which is so sweet i think that harry styles didn't do a great job but i heard that it was because the turntable started spinning the other way yes. and like who messed that one up i don't know i felt bad for him though because everyone was like making comments about it like at least beyonce can sing live and I was like, he can. No, he definitely can. <laughs> yeah. He can. He's also been on tour for five years. <laughs> Literally, like. I feel like there's they're always announcing more legs of this same tour. Like, and I'm, poor guy. Does he get to go home? Go sleep, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. I heard really great things about Sam Smith and Kim Petras, but I also heard a bunch of satanic panic about it. So I guess that's up to your personal preference. <laughs> okay. My personal take on that is I'm like, the song's literally called Unholy. Yep. And also, like, the message of it is, like, he's doing something unholy and is doing something bad. It's not yeah. saying, like, I don't know. It's not it's saying not what people are saying. It but made like, me Obviously, laugh. they're doing devil theme. Like, the song's called Unholy. It just it just makes sense. It's not, it's, it's not a conspiracy. What made me laugh the hardest is that I think it was a couple of days after. Whoever runs the Dolly part in social media, like, oh, major yeah. shout out. But they posted, they posted a clip of her performance singing like "The Devil Went Down to Georgia" or something like that, oh, or one yeah. of her other songs where she's in all red, sparkling, and everyone around her is in white. And I was like, <laughs> "Dolly, Bravo, Dolly, <laughs> always." Yeah. Um, that is so, so funny. funny. The last ones that I thought were cool, they didn't have like a ton of like huge, huge names performing, but. The, like, the hip-hop 50th anniversary, I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And, and the then... letter, letter, Loretta Lynn Memorial the Casey with Musgraves Casey Musgraves. Yeah. yeah. That was a favorite moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was very, very sweet. I'm kind of turning into like a, a country fan lately. Say, um, I mean, I'm in Nashville. It's rubbing <laughs> yeah. off on me. <laughs> but it's all these, these country girls. They're releasing their divorce albums and uh, hook, line, and sinker. You've got me. <laughs> Like, all right, Stani's a country fan. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, this is so good. I actually just signed up to be notified for pre-release of Kelsey Ballerini's tour because she's coming to Utah, actually to Sandy, which is only like 15 minutes away from me. Yeah, so the like, Usana Amphitheater, huh? Yeah. So we'll definitely be bringing tickets to that. Oh, um, it'll be so good, I bet. Yeah. I'm I really want to go. I think in June she's doing a Nashville show and... Of course. Want to go to that one. Yeah. Anyways, should we talk about our March book for yes. Women's History Month? Yes. So, so exciting. So we've been wanting to do something with this book for a while. Yeah, like yeah. basically mm-hmm. since we started. The book that we're going to be reading, or shall I say rereading, this month is The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedman. Mm-hmm. And we know that this has some controversial things around it. A lot of people think it's very... I don't know how to explain it. I, I I accept the critique, but... Yes. It's not very intersectional. It was written right at the beginning of the feminist movement, but growing up in a state where there was a lot of emphasis on traditional households and, like, mm-hmm. women staying at home and being with children, 
like this book really hit both of us like very hard and I think mm-hmm. in a, a way that's different than a lot of people expect when they read it so that'll be our book episode and I think there's a lot of like really good things to learn from it even if like you don't fit the traditional mold that mm-hmm. she talks about so much in it because it is all about like 50s housewives and everything like that but yeah um, I, I remember the first time I read it I was shocked by how much I was yeah relating to something that was written in the 1960s yeah. I felt like I was getting gut punched every other sentence because yeah. I was just like then why are we still like why are there still remnants of it being done this way if it's so wrong like why is this the world <laughs> I, I lived in yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's like the number one book that I would say when people are like what book changed your life I always go the feminine mystique by Betty Friedman yeah, honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. it like really changed my outlook on everything. Like, yeah, because it helped me. Anyway, we'll talk more about it later. Yeah, but I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm it just to reread it. Yeah, it's been it helped me like restructure years. my thought process in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. So it is long. There's a lot of facts and everything in it. I would suggest if you can find an audiobook, that's probably a more digestible way. Yeah, mm-hmm. to consume it, but. Highly, highly, highly recommend. And you can tune back in for our recap at the end of the month. Um, And then we'll be back as per usual on Monday for our usual episode. Women's History Month. Women's History Month. We love it. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.